guys, it's Grace Beeson, your host of the Because Why Not podcast. Well, there is some toxic energy in this house today, and I am here to tell you that it is not coming from me. Um, so I've been trying to hold on to my positive mood all day. Um, doing a pretty good job. Um, but I just had to furiously or feverishly write down a gratitude list when the toxic energy left the room so that I could focus on what I'm grateful for rather than focus on, um, the toxicity and let it pour over me and turn me into a sour, grumpy, um, crab apple, um, which by the way, certainly happens to me plenty of times. I'm the meanest ever when I'm in a bad mood. Um, and I, and I am getting way better at owning it. Um, so I respect that that people have their um, days, but I am just trying not to take that on. So I made a gratitude list. I am grateful that despite the fact that I woke up at 5.30 because uh, my five-year-old had crawled into bed with me and I felt like I was in a fire pit, um, I was able to do an early workout. And so that has felt really good all day and makes me feel super righteous when I do that. Um, I'm grateful that I'm going to eat an apple and peanut butter when this podcast is through, because that sounds really good. I'm grateful to have three hours alone in the house right now. Um, That is heaven to me. I love being alone in the house. Um, I love being in a full house too, but a quiet house for a few hours is an amazing antidote to a crazy busy house. Um, and I'm happy because happy and grateful because it's Tuesday, which means, um, this week I have, uh, two new episodes on Bravo to look forward to that will be new this week, two to three. Um, it's like the most wonderful time of the year when there are overlapping new episodes of my favorite shows, uh, which I've mentioned before. So judge not. Um, we all have our own ways of escaping reality and Bravo is my everything. Thank you, Andy Cohen. I love you so much. So, but today what I really want to talk about is, um, vulnerability. I've been thinking so much about it and you've heard me say, thank you for letting me be grateful. And it's almost like I conjured up, um, sort of this focus in my life on vulnerability and into my lap fell the wonderful Brene Brown, who of course is a researcher and a storyteller, um, for those of you who know who she is. And I had heard of her before and a great friend of mine had sent me her Ted talk, um, a number of years ago on vulnerability and I did watch it and I thought it was interesting, but it didn't resonate with me. Um, back then, I think it was 2012 or 13. And so I just haven't paid attention to her really, even though I know she's everywhere. Um, and for some reason this week I found her again, I think by accident, but I think there are no accidents. And I watched the vulnerability talk again. Um, it was a TEDx talk in Houston 
And so Brene Brown's research is on shame and on vulnerability. Um, Primarily, that was her research for many, many years. And it's so fascinating because for those of you who don't know anything about her or much about this topic, I encourage you to watch her speak. And for those of you who do know her, I hope you'll just be nodding your heads throughout this and be encouraged to watch uh, some interviews that you haven't watched um, because I went really deep into watching interviews with her and um, just was so, so inspired. So um, yeah, she studies shame and vulnerability and I think has has really done this groundbreaking research and shared this these groundbreaking finds about how important it is in life um, to be vulnerable in order to be a wholehearted person and um, you know a wholehearted person is someone who really lives their authentic life they are living who they are being who they are living their truth as they say um And the idea is to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. So she starts out with this wonderful, incredible quote by Theodore Roosevelt that was inspiring to her and which I'll share with you. Um, And out of this came the book that she wrote called Daring Greatly, which I've um, been reading voraciously since yesterday. Um, she has three books actually on the New York times bestsellers top 10 list, which I've heard is, has not been done before that it's stayed three books on the top 10 list for so long. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's certainly amazing. And, um, I'm excited to read all her other books, but this is the one that I'm I'm starting with, and, and the quote by Theodore Roosevelt, which he um, gave in 1910 in France, uh, said in 1910 in France as a part of a, um, a speech, is, is really powerful. And this is what he said. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. So isn't that amazing? She talks so much about being in the arena and that, you know, anyone can get a cheap seat on the sidelines, right? There are always cheap seats available in the nosebleeds, as they say, in the top of the or the amphitheater, wherever you are. But if you're in the arena, that's where you are really 
participating. And that is where you are really making yourself vulnerable and putting yourself at risk for getting hurt. Right. And that's another thing she says is that if you make yourself vulnerable, you're not at risk for getting hurt. You will get hurt. It's guaranteed that you will get hurt. So if you put yourself out there, you will get hurt. There will be something that takes you down. You will fall down. You will have critics. You will um, have hard times. You will want to crawl under your covers and hide. But do you want to be the person who never puts yourself out there? She says, vulnerability is not knowing victory or defeat. It's understanding the necessity of both. It's engaging. It's being all in. I love this so much. This speaks to me on every level right now. I took the first step in sitting down quietly and recording my first episode of Because Why Not? For myself, um, I was even being vulnerable to myself, doing it, not knowing what would come out of me or how it would come out, not knowing if I would ever share it with anyone, if I would be brave or vulnerable enough. And I decided to put it out there first in a very small way and, 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 you know, now I'm starting to in a little bit of a bigger way. Um, and yet as much as it feels so good to me to be open and real and true and vulnerable, it is absolutely also terrifying. It's so scary. Um, you know, I am, I'm not standing on a stage in the middle of my town or my neighborhood even, or on Facebook and saying, I have a podcast, listen to my podcast, even though I want to, even though I would like for it one day to be something that is far reaching and that touches people and that can be something that benefits a lot of different people or that people just enjoy and laugh at if we're just laughing or that they may take away something from. But sharing yourself in a really wholehearted way with people is absolutely terrifying because you open the door for what? Criticism, feedback, trolls, you know, people who are going to say whatever they want to say and they're not always nice you know there are a lot of people who are super amazing and supportive and there are a lot of people who aren't and who want to take you down um but listening to Brene talk over the last couple of days I actually had to do a drive yesterday and so I was able to listen to her talk a lot And she talks about the idea of making yourself vulnerable and then having to deal with critics or trolls. And that so many of those people who are critical are nameless, faceless people who make themselves anonymous. You don't see their photo. You don't see their real name. Um, They don't have courage to show you who they are and to say, this is my name. This is where I live. 
and this is what I believe. Instead, they're saying, I'm going to hide behind this face of a gorilla um, and tell you that my name is Lollipop Wonderland and tell you that you look fat in your jeans or that nothing that you have to say is interesting and you're stupid and why do you think you're important or interesting or funny? You know, um, and so what Brene Brown is saying is, you know, if you're not going to get in the ring with me and get bloody with me, I don't want to hear your criticism. If you're going to tell me who you are and engage in a real dialogue with me, then great. But otherwise, I don't want to hear it and I'm not going to listen to you. And I think that is so powerful because that is something that is worth paying attention to in all areas and aspects of our lives. You know, if you are brave enough to decide to get up and teach an exercise class that you've really wanted to teach, or if you are brave enough to go recite a poem you wrote at an open mic night, or if you are brave enough to, you know, speak in front of your children's class as an expert on something, knowing that kids are going to tell you exactly how they feel, whatever it is, you're making yourself vulnerable. Um, and you are being so, so brave, right? In a place where a lot of people would not be brave. Um, and you're making yourself open to what they have to say back to you. But if they're willing to stand right in front of you, and be honest with you about who they are and how they feel, then that feels like a discourse that's worth engaging in, right? But if they're going to hide behind something and just be critical, it's not worth paying attention to. And I think another powerful realization or um, finding, I guess, she has, because she's the one who's studied shame for 15 years or more is that it's the people who feel a deep sense of shame who are criticizing people quietly or, or are criticizing people out loud, but as anonymous beings, right? Because ultimately what shame is, she says, is the fear of not being accepted. And that's a really painful, powerful feeling. And so if you're feeling shame, you're not going to make yourself vulnerable, right? Because if you are filled with shame, which is the feeling of fear at not being accepted, why are you then going to stand on a stage and say something, recite something, sing something, whatever, and make yourself vulnerable to what people may say or think about you? You're not. So letting go of shame is a tremendously important process. And I don't think one that nearly everyone is willing or able to go through. But Brene Brown offers you amazing tools for how to do that because she offers up that there are several or more than several myths about shame. And once you break down the myths about shame and understand that 
shame is not what you think it is. Your beliefs are not what you believe them to be. That you're then able to open yourself up and perhaps be more wholehearted and tell the story of who you are with your whole heart and love yourself the way that you would treat someone that you love. Isn't that amazing to think about that? She says, treat yourself the way that you treat someone you love. I mean, really, that's the golden rule. And we talk a lot about the golden rule in this house, thanks to my husband, who is forever telling my boys, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But when you put it in these other words, it's really, really powerful. Why are you, why are you, you may want other people to treat you with kindness and love. Um, but why aren't you treating yourself with the kindness and love that you treat other people or with which you treat other people? So it's really layered and complex and deep. Oh my gosh, but so powerful. And I'm so just thankful for Brene Brown coming into my life this week um, at the right moment because listening to her speak yesterday in one of her interviews, and you can find many, many, many amazing interviews on her website, which is B-R-E-N-E-B-R-O-W-N.com. I listened to an interview and I was just so filled with tears um, because everything she said resonated with exactly where I am right now, that I have had this epiphany and awoken in such a way that makes me feel ready and willing and able to be vulnerable. That's what it is. I keep saying that I've set myself free and what that means is that I am ready to be vulnerable. I am ready to say what's on my mind and how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking and, you know, do things and behave in ways that are different than what's been the norm for me. And as she points out, that can make the people around you, even the ones who love you the most, really uncomfortable and uneasy because it's not the you that they know. It's not the you that they're used to. So for example, in my case, all the ways in which I'm acting and behaving and thinking and feeling, I would say are really healthy and really good, you know? Um, But it looks really different in the case of, let's say my drinking, where, You know, I've embraced sober curiosity, which means different things for different people. But again, um, for me means the idea of not drinking because I don't feel that I can live right now the life I want to live with alcohol in it. I can't be the best I want to be. Um and that I'm just so much happier and more complete without it, you know, and that I don't miss it. And I'm 
leading such a full and happy life without it. That's where I am. But there's so many people who are used to me being fun Bobby and the party starter and the rosé pourer and the wild one and all of those things, which are also great things too. You know, they were always great as long as I wasn't hurting anyone, Um, which is another topic, I think, Um, you know, because the hurt that my drinking caused, I don't know if it's measurable because it's really as it relates to myself and um, probably my husband the most, you know, Um, and just being crabby or picking fights or whatever. So I'm not going to get into that right now. I think, I think I'll be vulnerable enough to talk about that sometime, but here I am in this very sober, curious, happy place. Um, but it may be the case that it's uncomfortable for other people to experience me in this way because, um, it's not what they're used to. And so I sort of talked about that in my birthday episode where I said, you know, maybe it was great for so many friends to go out with me on my birthday and experience me sober and still totally fun, right? And funny. And maybe that makes them less comfortable, um, or rather less uncomfortable with my sober curiosity. Um, you know, so maybe there are things that people that make people uncomfortable about the changes that I'm making. On the other hand, I won't know that unless they tell me, you know, um, and my job is not to worry about other people's feelings and make them feel comfortable all of the time. It's not your job either. Um, you know, we can't make other people in our lives comfortable and happy all of the time, right? I mean, we have to make ourselves the best that we can be in order to be the best that we can be for the people around us. And that's very much where I am is if I can be the very best that I can be, then I can be the best at my career. I can be the best at my um, other passions and interests. I can be the best for my husband and my boys, my family, my friends, all of that. But if we're constantly concerned with appeasing other people, pleasing other people, making sure that they're comfortable, we can't give ourselves that time and attention. And I would say we also can't make ourselves fully vulnerable because making ourselves fully vulnerable and leaning into being truthful about exactly who we are is going to make some people in our lives uncomfortable, maybe even unhappy. And that's the reality of it. Brene says that when you go through the process of being authentic and becoming vulnerable, you are going to shake loose some people from your life who've been in your life maybe a long time. And I like how she said that, shake it loose like leaves from a tree. You know, it's really a powerful image. And we have to be willing to let people go. People have to be willing to let us go. 
we all have to be willing to understand, recognize, acknowledge that relationships change. So I'm going to take a break here and I'll be right back. Hi guys, I'm back talking about vulnerability and I want to talk about perfectionism, which is something that I struggled with, suffered from for a long time. Perfectionism. Oh my gosh. Um, Brene says perfectionism is a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. If I look perfect and do everything perfectly, I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of shame, judgment, and blame. So think about that. If you're striving to be perfect and thinking that you need to be perfect, look perfect, do everything perfectly, then you think what you're going to do is save yourself from ever feeling shame, judgment, or blame. Because no one will ever have any way to penetrate your shell and say, well, you have an ugly, messy, dirty house, or you have bad taste, or you're out of shape, or you your makeup looks ugly, or your kids are messy, or um, you plan ugly weddings, or whatever it is. You're a bad party planner. I don't know. I'm trying to think of all the ways in which I tried to be perfect, you know, and fit things into a little box. There are so many ways. I always wanted my house to look just so. Um, And I I still really like it to look just so. Part of it is my uh, sort of mild OCD where everything has its place and that makes my head feel organized and, you know, just, I feel like I can function if things are in their place. Um, but a lot of it was, um, the way that I would present myself to the world. Like her house is clean and organized and pretty and stylish. You know, that felt super important to me in the same way that wearing certain things always has, or having my hair done or having jewelry on, having earrings in no matter what, having mascara on no matter what. Um, I know I talk a lot about mascara and these podcasts and it's funny, but it's obviously such a thing for me, right? Like it's a thing. I've always had to have it on because I felt more perfect with it. I felt like I looked better. Um, and my events that I plan have to be flawless. My kids, you know, have always, you know, means a lot to me that like they're clean and put together, even though now there's zero controlling of the wardrobe and I'm cool with that. Um, I I really am. I'm, I'm cool with that because one of the greatest gifts I always say my mom ever gave Mary and me is that she let us dress however we wanted to. And it is a free, wonderful, creative form of expression. And I'm, I'm into that, but there's so many ways that I have tried to present myself as quote unquote, perfect. And the one way that I've never been able to do it 
is physically, maybe not never, but I've had times in my life where I've been extremely fit and that makes me feel quote unquote perfect, makes me feel in control. I look like I have my life in control and I'm together because I'm not overweight. Um, because I know that the world looks at people who are overweight or heavy um, or who need to lose weight as, as, as weak, or at least I think that they do. They look at people as weak and as, um, you know, undisciplined and that their life must be a mess. And, and I have felt that from the world, you know, I can feel that now from family, um, certain people, you know, that, that if I only lost 30 pounds, I would really have it together and really be good looking and, oh, it would be great for your health. It's all about your health, but really, isn't it about how I look? Like, aren't people more comfortable with people in their family or, you know, their friends when they look good? At least that's how people act. That's what they say. Um, you know, I mean, or would they say it behind their backs? I mean, I think being overweight, I've said this before, is still the most accepted form of outward uh, prejudice that that people get away with. Um, so I could go off on a tangent on that. But so that is the perfectionism that I've struggled with, you know, is is looking right. And even with being as overweight, I guess, as I can say that I am, I'm still always totally put together with my clothing and my jewelry and my makeup and things. And, and people do say, you know, you always look so put together. And I do feel proud of that. It makes me feel proud. It's really interesting because when I stop and think about it, I think, oh my gosh, you know, I'm putting up this wall, like building this wall where people may look at me and say like, she has it all together. And we all know that you never know what's going on behind closed doors, right? We never know what's really going on with people, particularly when the exterior looks absolutely perfectly uh, trimmed and mown and quaffed and polished. So I, I really have tried to lean in more to um, <laughs> living a life without perfectionism and for me, what does that mean? It means that I'm looking at the living room floor right now and there are toy trucks on it. There are drumsticks on it. It means that there's an empty, um, soda water can on the ottoman. Um, it means that there is a sink full of dirty dishes, y'all. Um, I'm about to choke. I need to drink some water. Excuse me. sorry guys it means that there's a sink full of dirty dishes um that is not the norm for me but I haven't had time and you know doing this podcast is more important than getting the dirty dishes in there so that's what I've done today and I am okay with it 
I think striving for perfection is a way of mitigating shame. And I just put this together this week. Brene says shame is the most powerful master emotion. It's the fear that we're not good enough. So striving for perfection for me always meant that I was making myself a certain way so that I felt good enough in any of the ways that I was a good enough event planner. I was a good enough hostess. I was a good enough person. I was a good enough dresser. I had a good enough body. I was good looking enough. I made good enough decisions in my life. All of those things. So once you take that away and decide that you're not going to try to be quote unquote perfect, then you don't have to feel the fear of not being good enough anymore because you're no longer trying to prove that you are good enough. You are just happy being who you are and that is good enough. And that is being vulnerable. I think that's what that means. I think I am finally saying this is who I am. I believe I am good enough. And I am being vulnerable by living that. And now, by doing what I call living out loud, by doing my podcast and being open and vulnerable with my thoughts and feelings. And that's intense, but that's liberating. And that is being vulnerable. My favorite quote, I think one of my most favorite quotes from Brene, and clearly I have many, but I do love this. And I think I may leave you with this today because I think that rather than quoting everything she says, you can go and listen to some for yourself because she's a wonderful speaker and has a great voice and is so engaging and warm and fantastic to watch um, as well as just listen to but this quote says let go of who you think you're supposed to be embrace who you are let go of who you think you're supposed to be embrace who you are and if you can do that if we can all do that Won't we all be free? I have been working for so long 
to be who I think I'm supposed to be. And fortunately for me, that really worked out because I got an amazing career and husband and two incredible kids out of the deal, along with some amazing friends and life experiences. Yeah, I mean, I got really lucky that the person I thought I was supposed to be was able to cultivate a lot of beauty and happiness. But at what expense? At the expense of me being exactly who I am in certain ways. So while I believe I've always been an authentic person in certain ways and a good friend, and I've said this before, there is more of me that um, can come out and, and be and that won't necessarily um, change a lot around me that seems noticeable to people outside, but that will change so much in my heart, in my soul, in my mind, in my life, and therefore in the lives of the three boys in my world who are my world. Because I, Grace, Mommy will be so complete because I am so free. So that may be a little too esoteric or woo-woo, but I hope some of it makes sense and resonates with you. Somehow it makes a lot of sense to me. I'm thankful that there's this discourse on vulnerability and that people are speaking so much more freely about their own pain and shame and struggles across the board because it's powerful and as she says we all need to be brave together Um, and if we're all brave together and decide to be brave and really be vulnerable, we could really not only all be happier, but we could all live better lives and create a better world in an instant. And wouldn't that be great? So let's start at home. We'll start with ourselves. Take some time for yourself, whatever that means. 10 minutes today if you can meditation or a walk calling a friend watching a new Real Housewives episode as I intend to making a gratitude list leaving the dishes in the sink buying a new lip gloss I'm going to get online and do that now too Um, I'm obsessed with these beauty counter lip glosses and, um, I have used up all my tubes. I'm going to buy some more. So that's a current fave. And I also want to tell you, um, I'm obsessed with this Casey Musgraves song called slow burn, which came out last year. 
so I think it's pretty new. It is so beautiful. It is life changing or maybe life affirming or maybe just a great song to roll down the windows and drive and feel the spring air too. Actually, her whole album um, that Slow Burn is on is wonderful. I can't remember the name of it, but enjoy your days. I will be back soon. It is spring. I hope spring has sprung where you are and with less pollen than we feel in North Carolina because it is hard to breathe. It is hard to breathe as you witnessed here today. I send you lots of love. Okay, take care. Bye.